0: Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. Roy Jones Jr., he's fighting Mike Tyson, and now you are sparring with Roy, is that correct?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's correct.
0: And how'd that come about?
1: Well, it's just a, co- a happy coincidence. Maybe, maybe coincidence isn't the right word, but my um my coach that I had for all of my career, my professional career, mm-hmm. and the last parts of my amateur career, is now the coach for Roy, and he's been coaching him for for a while. Um, and it just when this fight was announced, he was like, "I'm gonna go work with Tom for this fight." So uh tom messaged me and was like hey you in shape
0: <laughs> <laughs> loaded question and, and
1: fortunately uh, for me the way i live my life i i stay in shape All i right. get into the gym uh five days a week minimum usually six if i can manage it with my schedule and so it was really just a matter of me going okay am i am am i in shape to fight because boxing has a uh a different energy demand and, and I don't think if you've never done it it's hard to imagine but there's fight shape there's in good shape and then there's like everything else and I knew I was in good shape and so I just went and for, for two weeks prior to everything made sure I was hitting the bag and okay. moving, pushing myself like, because because that's the other thing is that you, you know how to get yourself in shape after after fighting for so long and I went and sparred and yeah it was it was no. Once I got out, I was like, oh, wow. In fact, I was in such good shape for sparring. The first day we were moving around, I actually thought that, that we were just warming Roy up, and the rounds were only two minutes. Okay. Turns out they were three minutes, and I was just fine. Like, I didn't feel anything. And so... And so then you know, I was like, oh wow, I'm in I'm in fight shape, and that's cool. And and a lot of it is like I know how to move efficiently. Well, sure. You know, after you do it for so long, you like you know, you know, little things like like a guy who's just starting doesn't understand how to always have his balance. And each time he gets back on balance, well, he has to get back on balance after every punch he throws, so that eats up energy and then by the second round he's like oh goodness I'm tired. Uh I don't you know have that problem. Okay. Because I know what I'm doing. And another thing is like I know how to defend and and use minimal energy or or be more efficient and stuff. So that combined with just keeping in good shape and I, I was able to get in there and and be be good and keep going. So so it was fun. And what it did is it made me think, oh, man, I could fight. And then I, and then <laughs> I remember, my God, like, oh, I don't really. the, the opportunity cost for fighting is... is
0: well, immense. and then you looked at that as a business decision. So there's one part of your brain saying, I still have this. I can do this. And then there's that rational side that, that looks at the business component of it, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, And you know what's cool,
1: right? Because boxing is a lot like... It's not, it's not like a sport. It's more like, and from a business perspective... It's like uh, the music industry maybe. It's okay. probably uh, a bit closer. Okay. In that, you know, when... I have a big enough following, and now a lot of the internet is... Ca- or a lot of the boxing world is caught up to the internet. Right. To where I could go and and easily um, make a at least $10,000. Like, make it. Not like they're going to give it to me. Like, like people are going to pay to see the fight. Right. Right. Uh, out of my um, out of my following, and have a good time with that, but I don't want like right now. There's a there's so many other things I'm investing my time in that I don't have the time whatsoever to put into a training camp, like like the right way. Because I'd go in there and I'd prep hard for six weeks and get myself back in a fighting shape. I'd, I'd fight cruiser. I wouldn't fight heavy so i'd have to lose 20-ish pounds, 25 um which is going to take a, a concentrated effort for eating and training. And that's another thing. I, I, I don't want to do that either. You know, life's good like i can go buy food whenever i want to and and good food. Not I don't, I don't you know gorge myself. Right, right. But the commitment like right now, now, you know, what what would change? I, I, fortunately i maintain myself really well i mean i can't outrun father tom but if I, if I, if someone said hey you want to fight in 6 weeks and i was like and, I, and and nothing was going on assuming i still have the same lifestyle i have now yeah yeah I, I, i'd do it because i'm in, i'm in Shape and I don't do anything to deteriorate my body. I don't drink. I don't right. smoke. I sleep well. I have no stress. Uh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no uh, negative stress. All the stress I have is, is from like you know meeting deadlines that are gonna make my life better, mm-hmm. things like that. So, so no, I don't. I don't think I would take a fight soon. Uh, if I was going to do it, I'd do it. <sighs> I'd have to like have a book deal set up so I don't have to worry about my money. I'd have to have my passive systems a little more passive. All mm-hmm. right, cuz right cuz cuz money's not the issue. I mean, that's a big thing right now. Uh, or that's a big thing in general in a fighter's life, especially uh the newly turned pro who were not Olympians. Mm-hmm. Is that they're not signed anywhere and there is so little money in boxing. Like people don't people don't realize, man. Yeah, yeah, we that's talk why about most that. of yeah, most of us have jobs for a reason, man. That's not <laughs> So like uh, i wouldn't have that issue and, and more importantly uh because of the way i get paid i would be fine because it's all on the internet it's all right like, it's either client work or passive right uh so so not things that require me to be somewhere 40 hours a week away from the gym so i could i could really you know throw it down and do a great camp but like like man it took like hobbies like right now i'm in a um in a semi-immersive Spanish class on the internet, you know, I'm taking two two hours a day speaking, another hour a day working on my pronunciation, I'm writing a book proposal, I'm still putting out programs from my website, I'm still... Um, Else, something else is in there. Oh right, I'm trying to hit a hundred blog posts by the end of the year, like total on my website. That'll be nice. Got a newsletter. I'm growing. You mean YouTube channel? Just just doing tons of subscribe fun stuff. to
0: Ed EdLatimore.com. Please do, because <laughs> right. I I I am inundated with so much good content now. I just couldn't wait for you to get in here. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> excellent excellent decision I made to subscribe.
1: Oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. So yeah, I, in fact, I just sent out a newsletter uh, right before mm-hmm. right before we um.
0: Yep. about an hour ago we got the notification. Yep. yep.
1: So, it, there's just, you know, there, there's so much cool stuff. I'm really happy. I'm I'm fortunate. I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other night. I'm a I'm as big a big believer as anyone that you can start most things anytime. Right. With that said, mm-hmm. yeah, imagine a world where there's no coronavirus, right? So everything is up and running normally. And then I wake. Last up Last year, that's right, <laughs> not not that long ago. And I wake up at 35, and I'm like, I'm gonna try and and box. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm gonna do it the right way, which means I'm gonna be an amateur. Well, you can't because you missed that cutoff. Because there's a, there's a cutoff for amateurs. You I didn't. You you can't be an amateur any older than 35. I, I did not know that. Yeah. And so I gotta go write the pro okay but I don't okay. have any skills so
0: okay okay <laughs> so
1: but but my point of bringing that up is that you can you can do whatever you want to uh, but you probably need to do something sooner than others
0: yeah Father Times moving along
1: at the very least you need to start those things like, like right now because i because i know what i'm doing how to fight i'm not you know i'm healthy i got a record to lean like if i wanted to get a pro like if i really wanted a pro fight people would try to talk me out of it so to make sure I'm, I'm good but if i really wanted to i could do it wouldn't be the same if i was if, if i was you know joe nobody who just woke up one day and was like i want to fight and they'd be like are uh, you sure? Are you sure? You can do a lot of other things, man. You're not gonna get any money. It's gonna cost you. So yeah, that's that's what's uh, what's going on. There's just just a lot of good fun stuff happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no question that uh, you, you have. As we commented off camera. You have one of the busiest schedules of anyone in my sphere. You 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 know, I get accused of never sleeping, you know, I don't know how you do it, but you still strive to get that eight to 10 when you need it. You talk about that. I think on yeah. uh, one of your prior pieces that, you know, so, so sleep, obviously, Hey, and let's, let's dive into that for a second too. Uh routine, obviously big thing with a fighter, but also you've translated, uh, rigid routines into your, into your life, your business life and your personal life, correct?
1: Yeah. And if you don't have... Okay, so so I'm actually not as rigid as maybe people think. Or maybe my definition of rigid is, is crazy. Okay. I know there are certain things I got to do every day, uh, and I make sure I do them. And if I don't do them, I definitely do them the next day. One thing that does not happen and cannot happen is to miss two days in a row on anything.
0: No procrastination. You, yeah,
1: you, you can miss one day especially if you make it up by going hard somewhere else or finishing a deadline or meeting a deadline, but you can't do that uh, two days in a row. That's a big problem. And I'm I'm careful to make sure that never happens. But I try to, I try to take care of the, the machine first. That means I got to make my sleep. I go to bed whenever I want to, but I also wake up whenever I want to. Like, like I am not beholden to an alarm clock and it, really it's important mm-hmm. that that's that's uh that's kind of one of those perks of freedom right so to
0: people listening to this though because most of us are because of just the way our lives are constructed and we're we are tethered to broader responsibilities to, that for other people's organizations mm-hmm. if your life was that way would you practically manage your sleep would you would you be a different person in that regard or would you struggle with that wanting to get more hours out of the day
1: it's it's been a long time since I had to make that trade off and and it wasn't for something personally gang. Like for example, when I was when I was in school and fighting at the same time. Eight hours, what is that? I I, I don't believe most nights I got that. Now why didn't I didn't that well because I would I would we, we get out I got out of school I think my last class three days a week very often was like I'd be done at 4 30 mm-hmm. get up to the gym at like 5 thirty by 5 thirty in the gym for three four hours so I'll get home get out by nine get home by like 9 thirty shower up eat dinner at 10 so now at ten o'clock I'm starting the homework. Okay. And it's not slouch homework. It's it's math and physics. And so a lot of times I'm up till one, two in the morning, go to sleep. My first class, thank goodness, was not till like, well, even when it was at 10. I had a, well, I think one year I had a class at like nine, nine or 10. So I I get some sleep, get up and get out. Uh, But a lot of times it wasn't, there there were not many nights where it was a full eight. And I'm sure I, I'm sure I you know paid the price for that in in some way, but if if you are tethered to someone else's organization, I think sleep is so important that unless you have a compelling reason to give it up, i.e. You, know, you got yeah kids and uh, young kids and you're you're raising them up and you know because they don't care about your sleep schedule. Right. Uh, other than that, you got to make sure you you get it. Mm-hmm. And it, It's that important. Okay. And so I, that's one of the things that I make sure I do. I, I get my sleep. And, and I go out of my way to get my sleep. You know, I tweak the temperature, take melatonin, make sure I'm, I'm stacked up on that. And and, and I've really gone out of my way to really learn how to sleep well. I don't do anything to to harm my body, so that's not an issue. But getting to the gym. And if, I, and if I can't go to the gym... I live across the street from my track. About about It's not a whole track, but it's like, it's like a trail up a hill and down. About two miles. Go over there, get that in, put a podcast on uh, or, or, or some music. Run. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes of my day. Now I'm set. So so now I got my exercise. I got my sleep. I'm good to go for a few hours mm-hmm. at least yeah, and, and whatever I need to get done. A lot of times setting priorities is... That can be the hard part. when well, you know you got a lot of work, but you're looking at it going, what's the first thing to do? And so what what I've done is I got a whiteboard up with everything on it, kind of nice with what's coming up. Um, take little marks down. And, and I know it really helps when you know you have something. There, I, I can't remember the last time where I was like, "Oh, there's nothing. I'm just gonna go relax." Like I'm, I'm always aware that there's something to sure. do, and so I strategically stepping off to go relax, hang out. Like last night, I could have, I could have for two hours, I could have did work, but instead, I was like, "You know what? I got a, I got a good day's working. Um, I'm gonna watch this show with my girlfriend. I'm watching something mm-hmm. called the, uh, the Umbrella Academy. We watched two, two uh, episodes of that. Okay. And then, I, and then I, well, after, but afterwards, what I went and did some, uh some articulation and voice work for my other my Spanish class for about an hour and then I went to bed. So it's just it's just finding for me the I'm really fortunate again. I was I'm fortunate that I get to live a life where I'm chasing what I want to chase at all times. Mm-hmm. Or at least ninety five percent of the time. I'm I'm really fortunate that I've got things set up to where if it doesn't, if it doesn't help me, okay. or it's not part of my goals or what my, my, my expertise is, very rarely do I have to do it. Like, like, like for example, I have some, I, have, uh, I do some client one-off work, like writing copy, editing copy, helping people in marketing. But I like that stuff. Mm. Like, I like writing and I like putting together. And and I've made it so I've gotten so good that I can charge high enough to where I don't have right. to always. Have to you know we be client search and I can you know work deep on this and really put something put put a put a good spin and a polish on it so that that pays well so I think I think it's just a matter of priority me set my priorities up and then ruthlessly attacking those it also helps that I'm I'm kinda always in a position of urgency but against a soft deadline there are very I'm trying to think. Do I have any hard deadlines in my my? I mean, I have bills I gotta pay. That that's about it. Mm-hmm.
0: But but those are neither here nor there because yeah, um, they're there no matter what. About right? How you handle your life, they're gonna be there.
1: Yeah, no, like no, like no matter what, I gotta gotta come up with the money every month, you know, to, to pay
0: for. No, it. absolutely right, absolutely right. The um, last time you were on the show, you mentioned that. Uh, the early part of the pandemic, you were abroad, or you just got home before the lockdown. Oh, right. Is that yeah, correct?
1: yeah. I had just got got home before the the lockdown.
0: Yeah, and, and I could sense a little bit of disappointment in your voice <laughs> that you were home at that time. Anyways,
1: well, yeah. So, so you know, since then, some interesting. My, my perspective has shifted ever so slightly. Okay. Uh, for starters, I realized that that okay. So so I've tethered myself uh to my girlfriend she she we're a unit you know mm-hmm. that that's just how it's going to be and how it is so it's my responsibility to take into consideration uh her feelings on certain matters and when it comes to like where we're going to live long term i have to weigh in the the psychological effect okay because uh, like we were in a city where we actually didn't know anyone now if really? we were in Lisbon that would have been a different story mm-hmm. but we were in a place uh, called Porto and we didn't know anyone there so it like, like me I mean I'm a, I could just sit there all day and then work on my stuff and be fine whatever you know uh, I'm a god or that's different sure. right sure uh that wouldn't have been her so coming back you know okay cool and and now what has it been? We've been back here, April, September, so six months, yeah. six or seven months. This is almost almost seven. Uh, really happy, really happy in my home. Really happy that I'm I'm seeing people. Uh, the key is to always find. A, well, you you can always focus on what you're lacking. Like like no situation is perfect. And you can always focus on what is not perfect about that situation, and you'll be down. Or you can focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. And one of the big positives is that I can see my friends. I can socialize with my friends. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm just learning more about what I, what I want my future setup to be like. I'm pretty sure I want to maintain a residence in the United States.
0: Okay, that's a change.
1: I'm not 100 percent sure that I want that resonance to be where it is now in, in Pittsburgh. I, I just, you know, me in the cold, man. Uh, I, I've earned. Like, I've been waiting for it. Look, and I've earned it. I mean, like I grew up, born and raised here, You know, I, I've earned it to, to get away. But, but. I also have to remember. All right. And so, so what with the, with the plan is, the general plan is to have two homes, one in America, one in Europe. And then once I have a residency or citizenship, it won't matter. Right. I just go back and forth and have one home as my base in Europe and one home as my base in the United States. And just kind of get set up that way. As far as where in the United States, I really, you know. I, I I really like the warm weather mm-hmm. but you have to remember and this is something I remember you got that I'm being reminded of the people are the most important thing I can go like, like once again fortunate I can go wherever I want more or less whenever I want right. so like so like like my life isn't I don't think about okay um vacation is vacation at vacation time right so that changes a lot sure does that so, All of a sudden, it makes it's easier. I can weigh out okay. My friends are all here, you know, right? Um, And if I really want a view, like where I can see water or something, you know, I can I can figure that out. That's like the only thing. Like I've always wanted to uh, a view of the water from my from my home. So if if that becomes super important, whatever. But what is important is that most of my other friends aren't like that. But I do want to see them, so I probably need to put roots down somewhere. Where I can see my friends, and that's where I live, where I grew up, and I can go wherever, travel wherever. It it doesn't matter. It one thing that you you start to see when you divorce your location Mm -hmm. from how you earn money, you start to realize that traveling is only expensive because it's an opportunity cost. When it's no longer an opportunity cost. Then it's about the same it's, it's about the same as living someplace, especially now with Airbnb right, like right. Well, you can get a whole Airbnb for what you're paying your rent. And if you consider that most people when they travel, their week of travel is the equivalent of their, their probably their monthly rent or, or mortgage right then you run into a th- then it turns into a different math problem. It's no longer I, I'm not working now. And going away for a week to pay for what I do in a month. It's like okay, I'm not working now and I'm already here. What if I what if I rent out my spot for like half what I'm mm-hmm. you know, paying mm-hmm. and then I go off somewhere. So so there are a lot of options, but the the cool thing about all the options for, for what I wanna do, they're all centered around the idea of freedom. And and I think I'm I'm not against rooting myself somewhere anyway, because because one of the things I do wanna do I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go back to school um uh, okay. for for meteorology. Really interested in that? That okay. kind of thing. So and and where the good and the good schools for that are all in America. So I will see if there's anything floating around in Europe because it's a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. especially after I gain a residency, residency over there. Right. But uh
0: <laughs> No doubt.
1: But other than that, I mean, I'm just you know, I'm happy, man. I'm I'm really happy no matter where. I, I, my my perspective is shifting. Instead of focusing on oh, I had to leave, it's well, I'm here now. Okay. You know? And then on top of that, look, man, here's a cool thing. Okay, this ain't gonna be that cool. <laughs> it, 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 just, it just depends on your perspective. So, so my um my 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 teacher for my Spanish class, they're they're based out of Colombia, and uh, she was telling me she was like. We had the longest lockdown and one of the most and the strictest one of the strictest ones in the world. Seven months. The borders were closed. People were only able to shop uh, right. every other day based on their, I think, like security number, or whatever. And then I look on Monday, this Monday, the the, uh, the president was like, "All right, well, more, more or less." I'm paraphrasing. The president was like. Oh, we're just going to live with this thing. Everything's back open. International flights are open again, <laughs> so sure. So and that that's down to Colombia. So I, I know Mexico is like that. Colombia is like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, parts of Europe are starting to, to to be that way, and and that what what does that mean? Right. That means that I can travel. Like if I really want to go someplace, yeah, you can go. I can go. It's not not Absolutely. a lot of stress right now.
0: Absolutely, the. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, obviously the biggest podcaster uh, in terms of popularity, anyways, um, in the world. Big ordeal about him fleeing California, moving to um, I think it was Austin, Texas. Have you guys that on your radar? Are you, are you familiar with that at all? Did no? I?
1: I you know I had heard about this, and and I don't I don't know like why he did
0: it. Right? Yeah, well that that's why I wanted to ask you a question. I think the reason if I'm hearing him correctly was the the, the minor part of the reason Ed was that there was homelessness and some crime and some other funky uh, social things he was he was encumbering with his family and so forth maneuvering around LA. That was part of it. The bigger issue is the Spotify paycheck that I think he just signed of 100 plus million and then the tax implications between living in California with the state income tax as opposed to no state income tax in Texas, which I think probably put an extra five to ten million in back in his pocket. You know, I'm sure that was probably awesome, man. part me, of it. Let me know?
1: let me tell you something that's crazy.
0: <laughs>
1: I I have a, a a pretty a pretty nice network of, of people who would I, I would consider like thinker influencer types. Right. Um and everybody I, it's a joke. I say all the cool kids are moving to Austin. Okay. Uh, my buddy Joel Ryan's down there. Who's a, who's a um one of the I think one of the only guys in history to run an ultra marathon on right. all seven continents. Right. Ryan Holiday's down there. Mm-hmm. The uh Tim Ferriss is down mm-hmm. there. Um, James older is moving down there. Yeah. It's
0: all it's real cosmopolitan within yeah. a state that is not cosmopolitan, but yes. that city is.
1: So so I was telling my girl, I said, like, you know, I gotta I gotta take a trip because because what happened is this. Until two years ago, I had no concept of airline miles, right?
0: Like, like I, 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 <laughs> oh, you uh, got to figure that out, just, one, And then and then one day, and she was like, okay, because she's
1: like an expert. She's like the travel. He's a travel agent. That's like what she does. Right, right, right. She's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you hooked up with a credit card or whatever. And, and, and yeah. in me, in in my old fashion, I was on my way to New York for something, and they made me an offer. I said, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> I just took it. And- and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna work my way up and earn these points." She's like, "No one earns points; they just get them through their their company them places." Well, I showed her. <laughs> <laughs> I get in in one year, I racked up a hundred and thirty thousand points. Good for you, right? Good for so, you. so I got all these airline points that are just kind of just sitting there. So I'm like, uh, they expire. Be careful. Oh yeah, I got So I got I got to do something uh, with these soon, and and I think I'll go take a take a trip and see Austin, man. There's just a lot of people down there that it looks like. Um, Dave Perel is is down yeah. there now. I don't know if you're yep. familiar with yep. Dave, yep. but so so everyone is like moving to Austin. I'm like, let me go see, but, but see what all the fuss is about. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- I think a lot of traditional Texans are are looking at uh, at that city and the growth of it with, with a crooked eye because it's real, it's more cosmopolitan. Which I I think that's the the awesome part about right. it is that it's more cosmopolitan in a state that has no. Income tax, and I guess the freedom thing is is big with a lot of folks. It has been it, I, I was a lot of freedom what down big there.
1: Deal is, and I look this up. It is it is the fastest growing city it has been for the past two years, right, in a row, eighteen and nineteen, and it looks like it's probably on pace for twenty based mm-hmm. on what I'm, I've been hearing and reading about. I asked my buddy Joel about it. I was like, "What is the what is the allure, man?" And he's like, "The weather." taxes like
0: (laughs) good weather and taxes right like wow okay yeah i just didn't know if i was on your radar that's interesting that that even even in your thought process in regards to where you may land let's
1: put it like this when i was when i started to seriously look and and i'm pulling back now because i just kind of like fighting and not really looking at anything else but what's on my radar right now we'll see where i'm at in the year sure but i did start i was looking at like different schools and different um Atmospheric science programs to see if we see what they're around. And everyone was talking about. I was looking at Florida. Florida's got a few options. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, Man, you gotta you gotta get down to Austin. I'm, I'm talking about all these people that like I interact with and look up to, and they're like, "We're in Austin, we're in Austin." So, so in my mind, it's like this big party going on. Never
0: mind. <laughs> it just wants to participate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I looked at it, and and yeah, it, it's a uh, it is really becoming something down there. I I don't know if I want to end up in a place. And, and, you know, where, where the, the, the nickname is Tornado Alley, that's not.
0: <laughs> that. but you're always going to face something, right? There's always a price to pay for great weather, isn't there?
1: There is, right? With Okay, I'm trying to think. So are there any exceptions? Let me think about mm. this.
0: I mean, the Carolinas, the OBX, uh, Outer Banks, there's always hurricanes, Florida hurricanes. In the United
1: States, there is a big price to pay for nice weather. Yeah, if you're willing to learn Spanish,
0: <laughs>
1: Colombia is, is right there and no hurricanes have ever yeah. hit Colombia. And one of the reasons for that, this is crazy, I didn't notice. I guess the wind shear around the equator or some type of winds near them, maybe it's the true winds, they cut anything to shreds and directs it up or down. So Interesting. Brazil, so Brazil will get hit or like, Central America and Cuba.
0: Right,
1: right. and and the Panhandle of Florida will get hit, but not Interesting. that area. Interesting. So, so Mexico. Gets but it smacked, is the equator,
0: smacked. Ed. It's pretty damn oh, hot. Oh, it's high. <laughs>
1: when I was there, every day was it was like 95, 96. Yeah. No, no hey, you, everything's a trade off. If I have Absolutely. to pick a trade off, look, sun and water, like.
0: Supposed to sleet and slush.
1: I, I work and cold. But but you know what though? One of my favorite vacations, we went to um we went to Quebec City. Oh, yeah. In Quebec, we went there In the winter. And in January. We went January, we flew out the fourth, maybe. Okay. And and the the day is kind of irrelevant beyond the fact that like Quebec City Run in the wall in the old city. It's like eternal Christmas man. We went up there. The <sighs> stuff was thought It was awesome. But here's the cool thing about it. Uh, literally the the cool thing. We landed and it was a negative 16 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my gosh. To put this in perspective, when we that's left, without, that's without wind
0: chill, right? That's what just I went the to, temperature,
1: that's just the air temperature. When we left, it was 32 degrees. It had increased in temperature what is that thirty two wow. twelve twenty four almost well it increased in temperature um almost fifty degrees and it was below freezing still and it was it we felt warm <laughs>
0: I bet because
1: we had been bundling up for like sub zero temperatures right. and now we were bundling up for t- temperatures in the, in the uh the thirties yeah. So
0: Yeah, Quebec's a beautiful uh, uh, providence Yeah, period. Que-
1: Quebec City is is one of those gems mm-hmm. And and the cool thing about it is Americans don't really go They don't really know about it at all I mean, maybe some of that's changed with like I think uh, you're right I think with, go to Montreal,
0: they'll go to Montreal more Yeah,
1: a lot of them go to Montreal Because Montreal is another beautiful city Absolutely, and, good food but most people they don't they don't go you know we'll just go because the first time we went to Quebec City this was like my first the trip we we drove
0: wow <laughs> you drove it
1: woke up at like four a.m. hit the road I drove the whole way because that's what you should do as a guy right absolutely so I, I <laughs> but let me tell you something it took it took twelve hours to get to Montreal uh-huh. And then two more to Quebec City, right? And you know how I did it. I mean, I, I, I still remember how tired I felt when we got there. We, we got the mont we got the Quebec City round. I think it was like seven o'clock ish, uh, 7 p.m. We left at 4 a.m. Let me tell you something Serial. I don't know if you remember that podcast when it came out about, yeah, with, yeah that for the first yeah. uh, season, I listened to the whole thing on the okay. way up. It was great, it was engaging. Right. I was hooked on on true crime Podcast right. after that. Okay. And the problem is, man, this stuff was like heroin. Like you just <laughs> like you're, you're trying to get to the first high each time. And I was let down for a while and then I found a few good ones.
0: Oh yeah. Once <laughs> you get them, you just can't stop.
1: Yeah, cuz it's so fascinating and, and and really it's the it's not just the case. The case helps but the the narrator no doubt makes a big difference oh, in and how no they doubt. how they put it together, how they tell the story. Um, we we drove to um where do we drive? To Nashville. We drove to Nashville. That's about 9 hours. Mm-hmm. And we found a podcast called so on the way down there, we actually stopped halfway through and uh, Louisville, I think that wherever the Muhammad Ali Museum is, right? okay, because I went to it, and then drove to Nashville, and then we drove back. Did the whole thing straight, and listened to something called the Barrel Creek Murders and the Barrel
0: it, Creek Murders. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Oh, they fan. Like, I gotta remember that one. Okay. Uh,
1: the way the the story, the way they told it, and everything. I was like, okay, I'm in. And then you know, and you realize like, once you have a once you have one or two good true crime podcasts. And you hear the rest And you're just like This is terrible This is terrible <laughs> to let This down. is terrible this, this is almost there But uh-huh. I can't stand her voice Or something uh-huh. like that Uh huh So
0: Do you uh, you listen to any of the uh, um, Any of the crime writers on audio Do you be familiar with um, Or even any of the uh, espionage Or spy stuff at all Like um, I'm listening to I have over the course of years when I do any kind of road work at all and I'm out there by myself. I love to listen to podcasts now, but prior to podcasts, I was listening to books on tape and it was, you know, Mark Green, Vince Flynn, these authors that created these spy, these spies and these characters. And then it was, it was book to book right. to book. And generally, you're happy with it. I'm dealing with one right now uh, in, from Mark Greene, and it's a letdown. And it, it really sucks when one lets you down because you <laughs> you want to be invested for, you know, four or five nights or six nights out. You know, by the time you're on your sixth night out, you know, walking or running or doing your thing, you're getting toward the end of the book, and then it just sucks to be in a, in a bad one. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at in now. In terms
1: of fiction, the only uh, I listen well listen, I've actually never listened to uh, a, a full fiction book on tape. Okay, I read a few James Patterson. Oh yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with that guy.
0: But the narrator does make the entire difference. It does, and, it's and incredible. I
1: don't, I, don't, I don't know how it goes on fiction because the big thing in nonfiction is reading your own work. Like that is, yes, it's almost that doesn't happen. An insult to often. your <laughs> yeah, to your readers, if you don't read your own work, yeah. you know, so. Oh,
0: especially on an autobiography. Like yeah. If, yeah, if you, if you, absolutely, but. I think what these these accomplished writers seem to do is they find one narrator that they really resonate with, and they send they tend to use that person for the all of their the series and that that's great, but when you're listening to a series and you're four books in and then a fiction work, and of course comes you're going to the fifth book and they change narrators, the whole feel for some reason is lost. The narrator yeah. makes that much of a difference
1: I don't. I've got to check out some fiction that way. I I still, I just, I love the art of reading. You know, right now I'm on this right. big old book kick. So I'm reading right now at the same time, you know, whenever I get a chance. T- I'm reading Anna Karenina. Okay. 1984. And uh, Animal House. So <laughs> Okay. And then I've got Brave New World sitting right there waiting for me. I bought a, um, a Michael Crichton book. What the heck was it? Uh. I'm a big fan of Crichton, too. Yeah. And then there was one I hadn't read. Oh, uh, The Andromeda String. Uh, okay. Uh, so I have that. I'm going to read that. Uh, and then I have another book, on tr- a true crime book about the capture of El Chapo that I was really curious about because I, w- I went and watched. This was great. This was, this was said, okay, it's time to take our Spanish to the next level. I went and watched the whole Nautical series on, on uh, Netflix, so I watched... Mm-hmm. The first Narcos, which was about Pablo Escobar the first two seasons, right. and then the, the third season was about the gentleman of Cali, okay. uh, the Cali Cartel. And then Narcos Mexico was about the guy that preceded Conor El Chapo as the as they call him the jefe the jefe, boss of all bosses, Miguel Felix and Gallardo. Gallardo, yes. Um,
0: that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I spent three hours a day, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> I spend three hours a day working on Spanish. <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it's not too bad. Um,
1: and I was like, "Oh wow, this is like was well, a great, great story." Well, well, it means real life, which is uh, neither here nor there. But, but right. what did what did um what did Mark T- Mark Twain say? Uh, the difference between reality and fiction is that fiction has to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> and like. <laughs> And so, like some of that, some of that stuff Touché. is just, just out of out of this world. But it, but it was all real cool and real good. But reading that, when you're on the second season of Narcos Mexico, which is the one about Gallardo, it's all you, the you you start seeing like they're they I, I don't know if they're going to actually produce it, but they have it set up to where they're going to talk about El Chapo and and how he ended up taking over everything. Right. Know? And you know what's crazy about all that stuff? You never win the drug war. It just never stops. But like like now, I was just reading an article. The cartels in Mexico now are using drones with C four attached to, them Unbelievable. to to attack. And I'm just like, uh, do I really want to go down here? But, <laughs> but but apparently, like they the, the the resort towns, they they do a good job of keeping that element out. And and also, do they? Well, well, for the most part. Okay. Because now here's why. Here's why. Uh they understand okay so how first of all how does all that activity happen in Mexico in the first place Mm -hmm. are these places well there's corruption there's corruption everywhere um but they the, the corruption there is is with all levels of kind of the government yeah this is what we what you find out you know you study and read it everything from the local police to you know the military okay and here's the thing. The last thing the government wants is for the neighbor to the north for their citizens to start dying in places where they're safe plus they spend money. Right. So you think. So there's a big incentive for the cartel or the government to kind of push put pressure on the cartels to not bother certain places just let that be you don't hear a lot of stuff happening in cancun or tulum or Puerto none of that happens it, it or not and i'm not saying nothing happens mm-hmm. but but you gotta Generally. venture in yeah. yeah because those resorts that's like okay you don't bother them we won't bother you it's like this scene in a wire which which is great uh when they're the I think it was season three where they created this this place called they called it Hamsterdam where all the drugs were legal. I mean they weren't legal like right. on the books, but they right. could go do drugs. Right. And and the whole idea was like, you know, we're only gonna come down here if we gotta start investigating dead bodies. And the drug dealers were like, wait a second. All we gotta do is not kill people and we can keep making because remember they're not they're not violent. E- even the cartels aren't violent per se. Right. They're, they're it's just a business entity. It's just a business. And then right. you know look, let's play this. If 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 the laws were different, you'd have Pepsi and Coke doing drop bars on one another. Instead, they can't do that so they right. compete in the business arena. Right. There is no business arena selling drugs, and so then you can go, you know, drop C four on somebody. <laughs> You can't do that, uh, and, and they don't. They try not to let that element uh, creep into the resort areas because that right. threatens everyone. You know, if, if our citizens start, or anyone's citizens started started down, well, for the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to stop going. Like, right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. The Dominican right. Republic. Moment, when I was, we were there last October.
0: Okay, and or Santiago.
1: Uh, what? Where were we? the heck weren't we we weren't in Puerto Plata we were in it'll come to me okay. maybe it was Puerto Plata okay uh, but uh, the the whole idea was that or, or the big problem down there is somebody had just I think some girl had got beat up or something like that uh, and that made it out and so all the resorts like dried up people were dying from drinking too much too which is their fault but the way it's reported Right, it makes all the difference. Right, so we got a great deal because it's a discount because nobody was coming and and they needed to fill the rooms because those places are 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 staffed by the locals and the locals need to get paid. You know,
0: that place has changed a lot over the years. I was my first uh, that was there with a friend of mine in the mid nineties, ninety four. Uh, then I went back around 2001, and just in that seven-year period, it was incredible. Because when I was there prior, there wasn't any commercialism. There wasn't. I mean, it was wow. scary. It was guys that were. <laughs> and, and this 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 kid was this kid was in medical school down there, and his father had arranged for his safety and security and housing. And we actually had had hired people to go places with us, but it still was a little frightening. Uh, but it's changed a heck of a lot. I mean, Dominican Republic has changed a, a tremendous amount. A tremendous amount. But did you ever, you enjoyed your time down there?
1: Very much so. Um, I mean, and you know, I, I was like, I had a, a preconception uh-huh. about resorts. I did not think I would enjoy myself. Okay. And... And what we, we got why? this deal? What, why? Why? What was your um, self? I thought it was a a big like we're gonna drink and party fest. And I'm a lame guy, man. That, that's <laughs> that, that, that's just not. Uh, I'm it's a not lame your, guy. Thing. You know, I've been with my girl now for eight years. Like I'm, am just not. I don't drink. Right. Right. There, was, there is absolutely nothing about that that life that's appealing. So I'm like, ah, oh, right. what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go. Went through though, and and I was I was happy, you know. I I got to sit on a beach, mm-hmm. read my book, or go in the water. Food was good, room was great. Right. Um, not everything was on me. My Spanish was okay then, but like, uh, it was still you could do all your communication. It was no yeah. problem, like oh, yeah. no problem. And it was nice. It was it was a good feeling. You'd Get up and go work out. So I didn't I didn't feel like a fat slob eating. Uh, and I didn't even eat. I mean, I eat normally because right. I, I right. don't. Uh, one, one thing that, that happens is you get disciplined over things like your diet, like certain things like buffets just don't appeal to you. <laughs> not because they're not going to have like good food, but it's like there's all this food here and I'm I'm not going to like no matter what I pay for this, I'm not going to eat all this so then you start focusing on quality and fortunately the food was quality i mean it was great great stuff
0: in the dr yeah apparently there are some places
1: where that is not the case
0: no but but some uh, places in cancun that's not that's not the case either
1: but the where we went the food was was great it was healthy they had a high reputation to begin with so
0: would you recommend to people um that have been timid to travel not just because of corona but just people that are just timid to travel period I'm a believer that they should get out and do stuff. I mean, I I did a lot more when I was younger. I don't travel as much now. It doesn't interest me because i got other concerns here. But what's your thoughts on on folks that just, for whatever their reasons are, they don't get out or get, well, much beyond Pittsburgh? I mean, you've done a lot of travel in your day. Would you certainly strongly recommend to travel the world when you can?
1: Absolutely. Uh, There's just... First off, this is a, a, a big world. I Maybe mean, it gets get smaller with the internet, but it's a big world. And you realize that th- this is a thought I've had every time I've been someplace populated, not the United States. Okay. All right, I mean, even in the United States, it's like there's a whole group of people with a whole lives and, and background and story and culture over here. They will never interact with anybody else. And that means that you get to go interact with them first and you get to learn and see something new. Mm-hmm. And it, it it illuminates things about your own culture and where you're from that you perhaps would just take for granted and not even think about. But it's a rarity in another culture or another place. Of the time, and then there's certain things you're like, Man, I'm really happy we have that. That would never happen here. Um, and you see it over there, and you're like, Oh, okay, that's different. Uh, I don't know. And 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 it lets you show you know, we, we got a weird kind of uh complex in the United States. A lot of people think this is a great, the best place on the planet, but they never been anywhere else. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing to compare it to,
0: nothing to compare it to.
1: Right and and you you got to get out there and and see things. There's just a lot of things to see. And I think everyone I think everyone wants to do some type of travel, but they have a misconception that it is too expensive. Yeah. And and if, and if it is too look, I mean if it is too expensive, uh, you can still even just do... You know, go get a Greyhound bus to your local city over. I mean, right? And and the cool thing about travel was this, and this is generally true about any great experience in life. If you want to experience it, it'll force you to level up yourself. Like like I remember when I went to Carthagena two years ago. Yeah, two years ago at this point. Wow. Um, and I had a post. I went and dug it up seven years ago where I mentioned I was trying to go to Cartagena and I had to improve my life though because seven years prior I was not in a position whatsoever I had to improve my life to make that trip possible okay and when you start looking at things like I want to travel I want to see things you know then you go okay how do I make this happen how do I do that and so there's just, there's a lot of great benefits to it but, but to the original point I think people, I think you you can't appreciate and you can't know anything about your culture for real without a contrast to it. Mm-hmm. It's one of the cool things about studying another language is you realize there are some really good things about your language and some really bad ones and you get to learn and appreciate the things that are good and the things that are not so good and maybe uh, you, you come to prefer another language. Rarely does that happen, but...
0: okay. Any uh, distinct memories of you traveling, maybe earlier in your life, and seeing something or experiencing something that changed your perspective?
1: Mm. That anything stand out? Altered my perspective completely.
0: Whether it was food, whether it was culture, whether it was um, I don't know customs, lifestyle over there, how they manage their day. Because there's so many differences depending on where you go
1: yeah um early on i mean nothing real because i mean i didn't i just didn't travel a lot i didn't have the means right um, at all but but one thing that continually like i always think about in in terms of recent travel uh i went to morocco and in morocco we took some. We took a, a trip up into the mountains, and there were a lot of um, a lot of like these villages kind of things out there. And I remember the where the meat was being sold. Okay. And all the meat was covered in flies, and nobody batted
0: an
1: <laughs> So it got me thinking: one of two things, either. This is not as bad or a big deal as we make it out to be, or it is, and they've evolved. It's like, you, it's like when you want. It's like when you. It's like the first time I. Okay, the first time I went to Mexico when I was 8, 19, and they were like, "No, I don't drink the water," and I was like, "Okay," and you can't don't brush your teeth with the water either. Oh no,
0: no! Yeah, you don't want to consume any of the water, and yeah. ice, or and they they say they say you shouldn't eat vegetables grown in the ground. You're like certain leafy vegetables, you can't eat because.
1: And that's crazy to me, but apparently, I mean, there's a whole city. You know, where people are drinking the water. So, what's, how are they doing it? Right. Uh, I'm not right. interested in finding out. But like, <laughs> my 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 point of that was you you, we're lucky. <laughs> this, is, this is a contrast Right Because if you ever seen what I saw right. In America They would shut that I mean it wouldn't even be a question
0: Right Well, But right.
1: Over here people just buy like normal Cook I mean I'm, so
0: no one's dead I'm assuming from it So you
1: you just learn to deal with it
0: Yeah I have so. a story from a family member A Canadian uh, part, part of my Canadian family Who was able to travel to Cuba over the years for vacations Where we really couldn't do that in the USA ah and they would tell those stories about having some of the most amazing food but they were kind of they kind of knew that when they left the uh, the eatery they didn't want to walk down the block and then look into the alley because all the meat was hanging on Clotheslines being cured or dried or whatever, and you just didn't want to see that because right because it, it would have ruined your it'll, meal. It'll, it'll change your whole mind. Up. You're just like, okay, damn, like damn, man, okay, this is good, but what uh, the man, hell I, did I just eat? Yeah, like, like you,
1: know, I remember, man. I I had a great fish when I was in Morocco. I mean, just a great piece of fish, and we walked into the spot, and you ordered the fish. But you ordered it by pointing to it because it was laid out. Okay. And it was laid out and it was flies and I was like, you know what? I just said, you know what? I'm here. Uh, everyone else <laughs> is doing it. Let's hope, you know, I'm gonna be okay. And it was great. I mean, it was a great PJ. Yeah. Thing. Everybody
0: seems to be surviving down there. I mean, they seem to be. You know, I mean, it's it's like when you go to India. Uh, that goes to that leafy. In India, the pollution so bad and yeah. the water quality is so bad that. It goes beyond drinking out of a well. You don't want to drink the water, you know, but but you don't want to eat like vegetables that have grown in the dirt there either because they've absorbed that water. And that can get you sick. So these really just very limited things that a Westerner can actually eat outside of meat <laughs> when you're in India. And, and you know what that, that,
1: what that gets me thinking about, though, there's this book. I'm, I need to finish it. Every time I bring this book up, I say I need to finish it. I just, just get caught up with other stuff but it's called The Epidemic of Absence okay and the premise of the book is that the main reason why we have food allergies is because our world is so clean now compared to the world that our immune system evolved in that the immune system now is like still revved up it doesn't just go to sleep because there's nothing to attack it's like give me something oh I know wheat wheat and that's what'll go after, or like eggs or nuts, and and one of the most interesting things in that book is it shows the correlation between a country's rate of its citizens with food allergies and its GDP or GDP. There's a direct correlation. The, the wealthier the country becomes, the more its citizens suffer food allergies. Interesting. And so the, the so one of the ideas, for example, the author went and infected himself with a hookworm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the result was that his allergies tamped down considerably because his immune system was no longer in this kind of overdrive state. Instead, it had something like the environment that it evolved in, so it could attack and deal with these things. So what I would I would guess something similar takes place because if if you can Build a civil, uh, build a city of like this place where you're not supposed to drink water, Cairo, Mexico City, mm-hmm. uh, places with with ten plus million people. Right, look, man, they ain't all drinking bottled water, right? Uh, right? right. So what's going on? I, I would imagine, I mean, unless they are all drinking bottled water, but that's probably not the case. No, I would I imagine. imagine that their immune systems are, are calibrated, and and if you go to a certain point, you ever had that, like like me, for example, I can't eat tree nuts. It, it ain't ever want to happen. Uh, my immune system has decided that is the enemy. Right. And if you if you look at something that is easier to classify as as a antagonistic, like like a hookworm. It's like don't eat that food over there; It might have parasites in it. And the reality is, those parasites probably will keep you from having hay fever. Right. I mean, but they got parasites, which which comes with its own problems. Mm-hmm. So if it's mm-hmm. is it worthwhile? But it, but it's definitely a cool book. I have it on my Kindle. I need to finish it up.
0: The um, can we extend that conversation even to uh, like even what we're dealing with now with coronavirus? I mean,
1: oh for sure. You know, one of
0: the here's the here's
1: the most unpopular view, and seems to be the view. That a place like Colombia has taken, or a place like Sweden took, right? And and Sweden's uh, reinfection rate is so low, it's non-existent compared to the rest of Europe, because what they said. I mean, they. I'm am sure they didn't come right out and say this, because you can't you can't say that. I can say it though, because I'm not a politician. Right. So they said, okay, we're gonna let people. We're gonna let the let nature do what it does.
0: Herd immunity. Um. That is right.
1: It, before we even get to herd immunity, let's just talk about what nature generally has done for all of nature, which is exert a selection pressure, mm-hmm. and that pressure selects out people ready to go on. Right. If you aren't ready to survive, you don't make it. Now, some things this doesn't this doesn't hold for all diseases. You know, some of them the The damage caused will exceed the benefit gained by developing any type of immunity. Right. Right. You know, diseases like polio, scarlet fever, for example, right? Mm -hmm. It it does us no good, or or, or strep throat, I guess. It it does us no good to let the host figure this out if the host is destroyed or are severely compromised in the process. And and that is and if that's a mass effect, but if if you're, you're looking at this thing and it's like okay, it's taking out the old people, and it's taking out people with pre-existing health conditions, i.e. things that we you know some of those we can't control, some of those we can't. The attitude of some of these places has been uh, how you feel about it is is irrelevant. It just seems to yeah. be their their opinion or the the response, which is we're gonna let
0: nature be do nature. its thing. Yeah, do its thing. I agree.
1: And and so. We've, we've become really arrogant as a species because imagine like 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 imagine the arrogance that and, and I remember when when this plan was proposed I just all I could think was okay we we've only successfully eradicated two diseases off this planet I think one I know for sure and I feel like it's two just because I read it and I can't think of the name of it but we are we've only eradicated two we think that we're gonna eradicate this one in a few weeks mm-hmm. Man, we can't even get rid of the flu mm-hmm. right but, but when instead what do we do alright we got a shot you know keep yourself healthy hopefully you got no complications so we'll see you know kind of where that goes and what it does here's what I know I I know that this is a wake up call to humanity because there are only two things we can't defeat alright I don't think you you look at like they so say okay we're gonna we're gonna wipe ourselves out. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, we we don't have enough nuclear material to actually do that, right? Right. Um, right? And and enough people would shoot the people using guns in a negative way that we would we'd balance things out. But there are still humans are not the apex predator on this planet. Or in this universe, whatever, right? We we still have diseases. Those are those can do damage, big damage, right? Imagine if. Imagine if uh, what was it called? Ebola, was mm-hmm. as contagious as the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Big problem, right? The cool thing, well, not cool thing. The the good thing about something like Ebola, is that it kills the host. Quickly, and people and, and viruses don't like to do that, right? They want the host to stay alive because without the host, they die. So, was, that's what, what eventually happens the right. virus gets attenuated, right. yep. and all of a sudden, you just get a cold, you know? Okay, so th- that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. The other thing we can't do, and you know, what are people going to do when we we find out and we see there's a big old rock heading right towards Earth?
0: Exactly right, or
1: something crazy. Th- this, this is like, this will go, wow, chills. So I guess there was there was um, an object, some type of asteroid, big enough to really do damage on Earth, and they discovered it when it, it they discovered it when it had just passed Earth. It missed all this. not that we could do anything if we knew it was coming, but right. scare people. Right. But they discovered it when it was already past us, and they were like, "This yeah, thing came really coming. close." Yeah, we we, we, we able just to... missed it. Uh
0: huh. Exactly right. So, you don't know, think there are things that we would try to do, whether it was like try to try to break that thing up in smaller, less harmful pieces, maybe? If if they if we see something, and obviously that that's the big if is it could be this we could have something coming almost the size of this planet with a yeah. collision course. We can't control that, but if it was manageable to try to break it up, you think we'd try?
1: Do I think, yeah, sure. I I think we'd have to, I think, is our technology even there yet? From what I know, theoretically, it's, it's possible. I don't, I don't know if we're there yet though. Yeah. Um. So we we'll, we'll see. Uh, apparently there's a space force, so. <laughs>
0: you know might, people laugh at that, right? There might be a but lot of things we don't know about.
1: People laugh at that idea, but but, but I always go, "Okay, let, let's pretend." cuz I always try to find how a thing could make sense and right. then I argue the best version. Right? Because if you argue the weaker version, that that may not even represent the reality of the situation. So you're just setting yourself up for trouble. So I always try to find the best possible interpretation and see if I could argue against it. You got to remember something. Um, One of the reasons why we have the world we have today is because at one point someone, and not even more than 100 years ago, someone said, you know what, it might be possible... If we could relay signals off of objects moving around the earth, mm-hmm. totally change the game. That that's all wireless communication is based off the idea that we decided to go start doing stuff in space. Right. And and we're very comfortable. I like I have no idea I'm arguing against the best possible intention version. I don't know if this is what it will actually do. This is what I'm um I think right because because for example that is that that is a possibility that is going to happen Um, a thing is going to come and be on a crash course with this planet and unlike the last time something hit uh, we have like real big cities all over so right. yes while we have more space not occupied by humans than occupied if it's on a course for you know Mumbai Sao Paulo Mexico City New York City uh you gotta do something
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and how do you you know what do we do to get people interested in that stuff with with that said you know I took gravitational astrophysics and I had I had a I had a sombering thought one day short of us figuring out how to bend space or move faster than light we are alone like we ain't going Anywhere, dude we we can't even go to Mars. It takes three years to get them, or two years ish to get to Mars, and it still expends so much fuel. And now you can do a. There is going nowhere. This is it. This is this. But we got to figure this thing out. And,
0: yeah, <laughs> and, and that, hopefully and,
1: before a rock
0: comes. And that is a a theory that does not get bounced around a lot because that's not a sexy theory that would lead into conspiracy theories and aliens and all that other stuff because the the practical reality of what you just said is that we don't possess the technology to move at a rate that would enable us to go anywhere.
1: We got so many... And we're so
0: far away from everything.
1: Man, you want to have some some fun and and make yourself kind of (laughs) depressed? The limitations of of, of interstellar or intergalactic travel... Um, Let's we'll just go interstellar, I mean, Heck, because we we can't the Mars about it. Like, <laughs> um we can't travel fast enough, efficiently enough to do it. Mm-hmm. We don't understand gravity. We don't know anything about Are it. Are we getting
0: closer? Because because they they found the. They've been able to identify a graviton, correct? Is that a recent? As
1: far as I know, they have not, but I bet okay. that may have popped up in the news. That, that okay. That's a pretty big deal, so I hope okay. I didn't miss it if that
0: happened. Like, there was a, they keep discovering more, more, um, more particles at CERN. And I think one of them, I thought they they labeled oh, it gravity. Man, that, I could be wrong. I'm going to look could, that up later. That'd I be could cool be wrong. If they
1: did, but but even if, even if they did, you know, we, we still don't know anything about it. And gravity is kind of important for a lot of reasons. Um, the biggest it one, always wins. <laughs>
0: the the biggest one
1: being that if you don't have gravity. Um, you 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 don't have anything your body has evolved like humans have evolved in gravity like we can't like I don't think we can give birth in zero gravity or our and we get super weak in zero gravity right uh, and right now all the ways to generate that require so much you'd have to like have something that spins to to create a sense of of gravity yeah. so like no gravity uh, the fuel uh, without gravity can't grow food right so right. we don't we don't have that oh, yeah. uh, and and then we don't even if we found another planet we don't really know what's there I mean we can we can guess from a distance mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but, but yeah uh it, it's it's depressing man is,
0: <laughs> we're just out on this rock
1: there's a bunch of other stars out there but the closest one is what Alpha Centauri which yeah. is something like 4.2 million million 4.2 light years. If somehow you could travel at the speed of light, you'll get there in four years.
0: Well, to even in, <laughs> to even somehow magically invent the ability to travel faster than speed of light, that would change physics as we know it. We just that's the law of physics. You can't. Nothing travels faster than speed that of light. That is
1: a speed limit. Yep. So there's, there's a lot of things. Um, I just go, look, man. We're we're here, and and how how we're here is. An interesting problem question thing to to ponder but but uh right now there is no no one's coming to save us Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh if if, if there are such thing as ufos and they're coming they ain't look man
0: if you if you can travel What what do you believe what do, what do I believe? You think it's possible? You think that's possible? Do UFOs exist? And we've done a couple shows on this show, on this, on on the podcast, and they've gone over very well. Naturally, it's a big topic, but it, but is your mind as, as such that you don't discount the possibility? There is nothing
1: that says, and that there, there's nothing that explicitly forbids them uh, from existing, or and, and even from a technological standpoint, it's not impossible. To travel between uh, worlds, we just we we have not figured it out, and it's almost certainly got to do with bending space or somehow uh, moving. I put that in air quotes. Uh right. Moving faster than the speed of light, because uh, I've read some stuff about that it's possible to like change the constants, uh, Planck's Planck's constant. Maybe I'm sure I'm getting that wrong. Anyone who's um. Uh, Listening and who has a background, but I believe that there, that there are math problems, or the the math has worked out to where you can change a constant, which would effectively change the speed of light, which is like okay, you it's not so much that I'm moving faster; it's just everything else is moving slower. Right. Anyhow, so right. so is it? So so I preface that they go, okay, there's nothing that says they're not, that they, they, they couldn't get here. But if they have the technology and the ability to get here, they are they are very far ahead of us. And there yeah, But that's no-
0: possible though based upon what we estimate the age of the our our universe being. If oh, if that sure. information is correct, if 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 thirteen
1: is 13.8 13.8 is the last number I used when I was making a speech. 13.8 billion years. Yeah,
0: so if that is let's just assume for sake of argument that is pretty close to being accurate may, may spot on accurate that's a long time so depending on how life is seeded in certain places they may have a four billion year advance on us so to speak
1: oh oh for sure i you know i never thought about that but yes the abs, absolutely if but but if they figured it out I would say they figured out enough other stuff to where, one, we ain't going to see them unless they want us to see, want to be seen. seen. And why would they come here? (laughs) Yeah, there ain't nothing they're going to be able to do. uh, There's nothing we'll be able to do to help them or hurt them. You know, I I I just like to think about, like, the technology required to do this to To move, based on me, based on what doing, it's entirely possible. I've heard this idea, that like, oh, they're right on another planet. They just are on a, at a different dimensional level. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that that's an interesting idea, uh, and they can just change dimensions.
0: How do you and, feel about that? I mean, because you, you you that that's right up your alley in physics. Do you, do you buy into that concept at all?
1: Of of different dimensions, mm-hmm. all is all that
0: mathematically of, possible?
1: Well, all, all of the dimension is is is. Uh, your degree of freedom. Okay. Right. So, for example, this flat surface only has two degrees of freedom: mm-hmm. up and down, left and right, and everything else is like uh, uh, composed mm-hmm. of those directions. Every so, so that's why it's a two-dimensional shape. A point is one dimension. There's nowhere it's stuck. Mm-hmm. Three
0: dimensions: up. And we live, yeah. And in we three live, we live.
1: Well, we live in four-dimensional space
0: because we have time. We have time, okay.
1: right? Because we move back and forth through
0: three, time, right? We're, are we moving? Are we moving back and forth? Well, through we're not three-dimensional We're moving in.
1: We're moving. We're moving in one direction well, in time.
0: Too bad we can't go back. <laughs> but yeah.
1: So when people, you know, talk about other dimensions, like yeah, I mean, okay, it's possible. I, mean, I guess like anything, anything's possible. But but if I remember right. Oh goodness. i going back to school. The, the the concept of a fifth dimension is related to gravity? Something like that. Okay. Uh yeah, like I'm I'm I was never really interested in the in the in the stuff that I couldn't touch and see. Like I was not the guy that was interested in astrophysics. I was a lot more interested in, in electricity and mechanics. Okay. Um uh, and and so, so there are some, some problems in there, but but you get exposed to it, so it's not like I'm I'm not aware of these things. Are are those are those? Is it possible? It is absolutely possible. Like there's not there, there are only like two things that are like forbidden, uh, right now as we understand physics. One is the idea of of infinite energy in a system. Like like eventually you need to add energy to a thing or it stops moving right, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 with that 100% efficient transfer of energy, you know you always lose something right. right? Even at zero, even at absolute zero, you lose. so Well, while you're approaching absolute zero, the idea is that at absolute zero you would lose nothing, but we can't get there right. Mm-hmm. That's where like there's no movement at all. Uh, so so that's against the rules in physics. And the other thing that's against the rules is violation of causality. You know, I did this, so that happened. Can I reverse it? If I do that, will the thing happen before? Well, no, right? You you, you can't go backwards. When I drop the plate and throw it down, that is the direction. It's shattered. Right. I can't. The, the plate won't magically come back up into my hands. There's right. nothing that can, that can happen that way. Right. You can't reverse time, in other words, or go backwards in time is the idea.
0: We don't know how to do it. Is it, is it theoretically possible with quantum mechanics? I mean, is it theoretically is it, is, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is the physics scholar, not me. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and I'm just—I'm a physics student, man.
0: I, I am. There's some—there's some interesting. But stuff you're about a big that. picture thinker. I love the way you think and you—you—you you, you, you reason a lot. Did you—do you sit and ever ponder that kind of stuff? I know it's—it's it's sexy for entertainment purposes and television and for conversational talk about aliens and UFOs. I, I even find myself enjoying conversations on that but from a practical standpoint do you ever ponder the possibility that we're not on this little speck in in a universe full of 100 billion universes and it, it, a, the real big questions or you just don't want to waste time on it
1: um don't want to waste time on it okay you, you know there, there are there are smarter people than me who spend a lot of time and energy on that stuff and they they they'll find out something really interesting about it i'm i'm much more concerned with the practical things i can i can do Mm -hmm. and control and work with if i get to i mean look if i if i have the time and energy to kind of you know work on a problem like that sure but there are a lot of other problems Mm -hmm. um at least, you know, we're, home. we're all we're all born with with a different different capacities and different interests. And my capacities and my interests, I'm I'm not gonna yeah, right on be the guy on those problems. Uh, they're they're certainly interesting to talk about and read about. And because because I expose myself to a lot of the ideas, in particular, uh, there's a great book called "The Hunt for Quantum Gravity," and and the whole idea is like. Uh right now we have two distinct but highly accurate models for the world. and Abs- the,
0: and the Einsteins standard the standard? Uh,
1: the quantum mechanics is is very useful All and right. and relativity. So okay, those well, are the two okay. big systems for explaining the world and they're and they're both extremely accurate. And this actually wouldn't be a problem. Until you encounter areas where they say two different things should happen,
0: they don't. They don't talk to each other. They they don't. There's no. Um, there's well, th- they don't.
1: They they don't actually have a, a problem with one another until you introduce them to an area where they say two different things okay. about what should happen. And in those areas, uh, the. The singularity or the center of a black hole. Right. Quantum mechanics says one thing should happen. General relativity says another thing should happen. So there is there is a problem right there. So we got to figure out kind of how to reconcile both of those. And that's what the whole book was: of the hunt for right. quantum gravity. Like, how do we quantize gravity? Like right now, the the four fundamental forces. Uh, three of them play nice together mm-hmm. Electro- electromagnetism strong and weak they like play nice right. they work well with quantum mechanics right. everything uh, but gravity eh, not so much gravity is like I'm going to do my own thing I don't really understand you guys and that's a problem because gravity is perfectly explained by general relativity uh-huh. quantum mechanics perfectly explains everything else but when you deal with the center of a black hole. They have two very different predictions about what should happen. Is that
0: is that Ed the the uh, is that the goal of uh, of CERN, the particle accelerators, and breaking these particles? Th- Are they I searching for an event- elegant answer? Is I that- think,
1: um, yeah. I mean, that's the big big problem. I, I, I think they're just you know learning more about the universe, and, and as they do that, they will eventually get to some solution. Or discover something, but okay. but it, it's it'll be a big deal when they do because then we'll have quantized gravity and we'll have unified we'll have unified physics. But right now f- physics is not uh, it's not unified unified as they say. We're searching, we're searching for a, a standard theory or standard unified theory, and that does not exist.
0: Right, and that's where uh, I think string theory was was an attempt. Right, to string to unify theory was an
1: attempt to come up with a, with an answer.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's and been and that's been not. I mean. That hasn't been shot down, but there's been holes shot through it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, well, we'll see where the future holds, where it goes.
0: All right. So let's uh, let's turn the table a little bit here. Uh, you last time you were here, you mentioned to me something fascinating that you were looking at the last presidential election, uh, statistically speaking, and just how how uh, how polls were done or polls were not done correctly, and you made a prediction that you saw a Trump victory based upon statistical data early on, but that didn't fit the model that the was being put out in the media at that time. Yeah. Have you paid attention at all now, now that we're like two months away? No, no, away? I just
1: all I do is look at, I know people, uh, mm-hmm. that's how I made my guess. It wasn't even a guess, because I, I have uh, I see so much data because of my position on, uh, on social media, and yeah. I, I get a pretty good pulse on the world. Mm-hmm. And and right now, see this is this is hard because if it wasn't for the virus, I would say that Trump would win again pretty one-sidedly. Okay. Even with all the the, the unrest, the civil unrest, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be pretty one-sided. Um but what the virus did is something that all revolutions have in common, and the only reason everyone talks about America and the revolution. And I always said the American Revolution will never happen if, if you need to have one, right? Or no, a modern civil war will ever happen, and the reason is simple because life is very comfortable. If you look at the restaurant Revolution, the French Revolution, eating bread in the streets, man, living on snow, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that—that's you piss people off. Then they, then they're like, all right, it's time for a change, right? Yeah, we're gonna go murder the royal family or something like that, right. which happened in both instances. Um, why do I bring this up? Because the the virus took away the distractions and the distractions some of them are coming back in place like the movies are coming back, sports are a thing again. So we'll we'll see what happens where it goes, but it'll depend on how many people uh, turn up to the polls. I th- I think I think that the people who cared are are still going to, you know, go man i just i don't know uh, i don't, i i can't predict so so w- without factoring how many people want to go go vote i i still think uh it'll be it'll be trump by a fairly large by by, by, a, by a less debatable margin this time mm-hmm. uh only because all the people who voted for him, people don't understand. You know that they, because no one wants to understand their their opponent, their enemy. They don't, they don't want to do that. And and being being the type of person I am, I know that it's impossible to win without understanding uh, what you're facing. And that's just that's fundamental.
0: Why is it people we don't do that in all walks of all walks of our life in all areas of our life? We do not that takes
1: energy. That is, that is not, it is way easier to be angry and way easier to just tell someone they're wrong than it is to try and understand why they're right. One of the cool things, I think, I think Warren Buffett says it, where he's like, I don't take a position unless I can argue the other position as effectively as they could. Imagine that energy. Instead of just saying, you're wrong and I disagree with you, you set out to to not just understand, but see if you can prove them right to argue from their position. Forget temperament. Most people don't have the intelligence to do that. Like it's just not it's not a thing. That, that's why the smart people tend to be leaders and figure things out. So so and 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 the majority of people aren't by definition above average, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, when you when you look at both sides, I think that the people who voted for Trump are getting exactly what they wanted. Furthermore, the way. You, you got to look at the unrest in cities from two different... You got to look at it from the perspective of, of someone who is for and someone who is mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Uh, whatever they're protesting. And then, and then from there, you look at why are they doing it in the correct way and how is the government kind of responding and dealing with it. The media, always the media, because that's what people see. So you got to look at the way the media is pushing it. Uh, the media is... I don't know what their agenda is. I don't I don't even claim to, to even try mm-hmm. and care anymore. But what they're doing is they're showing unrest. And they're not doing as good of a job as they think they're doing of tying it to the present. Okay. I think they they've done they're doing a much better job. And this is perhaps, it's all inadvertent. It's the it's Strazahn effect. That, that's how he won uh, last time. People don't think. Uh, is that they are, uh, they, they are, they're showing, you know, the, the riots in Seattle, the riots in Portland. And they're not making it clear that this has anything to do with the direction of the country. They're making it clear that it has to do with the direction of of, of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. That's what they're saying, right? Uh, the, the people are are riding either in support of or behind that uh, or, or under that banner. Whether that's true or not, that's the narrative just pushed out. Okay. And so everyone who sees that, they either already agree... Uh, they, they they either already agree with both sides or they're swayed and and how are they going to be swayed whenever you see mayhem your first thought is why is this happening I don't want it to happen to me I mean there's a lot of there are a lot of angry store owners right mm-hmm. and and you know what are they angry at they' they're not they're not angry they, they don't I don't I don't think people, are going. I think the president made X, Y, and Z occur. I think people are going. People are behaving in in this way because of this event. And how do we deal with this event? Now it'll just depend on how they see that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but but right now, right now, based on everything I see, I don't think that. Uh, that, that, that Trump is go- not going to be reelected, and and on top of that, they're they're really they're really making their lives harder uh, with with some of the things. I just I just look at things in terms of strategy, uh, right? Because right. I don't I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't right. I don't care. Yeah, I'm I'm focused on making sure I have enough money, citizenship. and You're freedom. talking
0: to someone across the table that has the exact same <laughs> mindset. So to <laughs> me, it's kind of fascinating just to watch. Yeah, yeah not to dwell on, but to watch it.
1: Watch, yeah, so so I'll be I'll be curious, but I I just I don't think uh, I think once again a lot of people are gonna be unpleasantly surprised because because the media feeds you one thing, mm-hmm. and it, here's what I here's what I'll tell you this right I read I read BBC Mundo mm-hmm. though to practice uh, Spanish and they had an article of an article you never see in the New York Times uh, non reasons why Trump could win and I thought it was so interesting okay it, it was it was just a and, and different and, perspective yeah and, and their political uh, and reading the BBC mundos. Uh, Writing about the 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 politics in America is very interesting. For example, I mean, because I have no idea about the polls, but they were showing that like there's there's been a late surge, you know, and and but those polls, I mean, they mean nothing. What matters is what people uh, mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. But to just see that from an international perspective, everything is everything is um written about kind of neutrally here it's very hard to get neutral news it's impossible in this country to So get it. you just kind of you just gotta kind of put the put your finger on the polls go around and mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. but but I think I, I think it's going to be a particularly short night because the people who who were going to vote for uh Trump already voted and I don't think their numbers are going to be much bigger or the people who are going to vote against Trump I don't think their numbers are going to be much bigger I I think that the way the, the behavior of the other demographic the the Republican demographic and people who identify with that uh, that's going to be uh, that will grow I feel like that will grow I feel like the turnout will be higher but I think the turnout is going to be higher I mean if you want like a real specific prediction yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. We, we can like play back and go ah you were wrong are you right uh I think the turnout on the on the Republican side is going to be higher, and I than it than it probably has been in the last few elections. And I think the turnout on the on the blue side is going to be about the same, and that's going to shock a lot of people. Mm. But the behavior of you know people either didn't care. You don't see a lot of people. Shifting to the other side. You see a lot of people shifting. You don't see a lot of people shift from red to blue. You see a lot more blue to red, at least from my perspective. So I think that is
0: that out like, of fear, being scared on the. It's it's that out of fear, being scared on the TV with people that are either in the middle or real passive, but they see things that frighten them, and they see political leaders attach themselves, whether it's true or not, coming at them. For a certain political philosophy, does that scare those in the middle?
1: Uh, no, I think what scares those in the middle more than anything is seeing what happens when you identify as as a as a Trump voter. Like one of the things that really surprised the media, uh, they in the last election why they were all caught off guard is because is is because the the people on the left. Generally, made it so painful to publicly admit that who you supported that, that people were just being driven underground. The and then they came out and showed, and I think it's worse like, now, though. Yeah, so that's my point. It's definitely even, worse now. It's even worse now. So you would expect, you know, for every X reaction, there's a negative X reaction. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they understand, people don't understand that. No one thinks strategy, and, and even if someone does think strategy, Everyone doesn't, which is what you need to do. Yeah. All they can see is, is quick and immediate catharsis, instead of instead of going, okay, I'm going to figure out how to strategically defeat my my opponent. And so with with that, right now, it is so, it's it's just it's dangerous, and people don't like that feeling. You know, you, you know, the best way to make somebody to to the best way to to get an opponent to get a new enemy. Is to put pressure on someone who's neutral to choose a side. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, they're not going to choose your side. Mm-hmm. And that is the fundamental mistake. That's why I say, while my prediction is that the turnout, if, if they break this down, the turnout of voters for for red are going to be larger than probably the largest in history. And the turnout of voters in blue is going to be about average because they didn't because there, there, there's not a new conversion. The only new people thinking about voting who who think are leaning that way uh, are going to be people who couldn't vote last election because they were they were not old enough, right? Okay. But every everywhere else, but but the, the same thing has happened on the other side. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a wash. What's going to happen is a lot of people who were like wow this is you know i don't want to think of this or that way or the other they're going to go or who who are afraid to express themselves or see how that goes they're going to they're going to vote with their with their um well they're not well, they're going to vote with their vote, uh, no, <laughs> no. with
0: their vote. you know yeah. what i mean the, the where there has been unrest it has been some of the bigger cities in the country um uh, and I don't mean protests. Protests are relevant. I'm talking about any any element of the protest that turned violent. Yeah. The protests, I don't think, matter. I think uh, I I would hate to believe that as a, as an American, but you might be right in this instance. In terms of on the political front, they might not matter. But yeah. the violence is the thing, and they happened in cities that are already traditionally blue. So from a strategy standpoint, I'm not sure that that really changed anything. When you're talking about which states... Exactly. Do, do, do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know that that makes a fundamental difference. So so that comes down to swing states then, right? There's always a couple of swing states, I think. Like,
1: the, like, like like Pennsylvania, for example. Okay. All right? Um, places that... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that Oregon or Washington are going to go red or yeah. anything. I mean, well, you never know. But, yeah. but they're pretty heavy that way. Uh, but that is going to be a really big surprise for a lot of people because mm-hmm. so some places probably going to go red that didn't that they weren't expecting, you know, and and not a swing state. Uh, there's another very specific uh prediction and I think that because of what you just said that a lot of these places where the where the unrest has been the most severe
0: or at least projected as being the most yeah. severe.
1: And and because of the way people lean you know, typically speaking, a business owner is going to lean red. That's just how mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, they're going to be like, "Wow, this is insane!" And let me see if I can get some change in. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, to me, it's just it's it's a big it's a, it's a big night of us of, of seeing how how accurate my pulse is for for reading, mm-hmm. or how accurate my eyes are on the pulse of, of the nation because I have a pretty big sampling in front of me to look at yeah. with my social media following yeah, no question
0: so no question
1: if I see something cool or something unique um, I'll, I'll you know I'll put it out there and say it but, but right now that that's my prediction and that's really gonna bother a lot of people uh, yeah. because they're gonna yeah. see that and it's gonna you know the polls coming early man it's all the places people expect to go are going to go, and and some places that that they're not expecting are going to go on the way too. Uh, yeah,
0: the on the on the bigger issue though, Ed. Why you know I think we touched on the last time you were here, but I don't know if I told you my thoughts on how I view politics in the social media era. So, like, say MySpace on, let's say the mid two thousands to now. People grab on to a political party or a candidate or their friends that think alike to them. They grab on to it almost like they're rooting for the Yankees or the Red Sox. It, it's like, pick my team and my team. I, mean, I love the A's. I'm a baseball nut, right? <laughs> I do. It's not always a, a good life, loving the A's. But but the point is, you know, I root for them. But I got it in context. It's, it's, a, it's a baseball game. and yeah. and. and but i don't think that we as a society broad speaking are able to delineate that this is not a sporting event this is a part of our society we do every 4 years and multiple times in between for lesser seats but this is our government but how it affects you directly as a human being we use that almost as a as a crutch or an excuse to not achieve things like and, and my argument's always been like I did well in Republican uh, administrations. I did well in Democratic administrations. Exactly. I did well when the Republicans had the House. I've done well when de- I've done well in high tax brackets. I've done well in low tax brackets. It never has affected my unique, small, insignificant life. Right. But damn, do people want to just get so emotionally destroyed and f- caustic over something that really is, you yeah. know, voting's important, but but. It, your individual vote, let's say it for what it is, is. It doesn't matter it's, much. It's insignificant in the big picture and it's insignificant on the direction you can move your life. Yeah. That's my philosophy. So, like,
1: here's the thing. Um, I always, you know, I always say that America's a very young country. We, we just, I mean, we're doing our best to learn from our predecessors and well, their experience. But for the most we were young. I we mean, think we, we know it all. here. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the sewers <laughs> in Paris, the the toilets in Paris are older than this country. Right? Yes, yes. And what we're going to discover, or what we're discovering, uh, and I figured it out, I mean, it fundamentally jumped out to me as a, as a problem when I was even in middle school, which is why I've never given this thing a thought, is... You can't run a country when you have two diametrically, or not even. I mean, you can't build a country on this idea and and, oppose and run on that idea. That means half of the citizens, at least. I mean, they forget a majority because it's rarely you know a super big landslide. But but there's a significant portion of the citizenry who thinks that th- things should be done this way, and a significant portion of think things should be done that way, and they are going to be at odds with one another and we've avoided this at odds largely because we didn't have a way to communicate so quickly now that we have this super fast and super connected society people are now interacting who should never interact have never and would have never talked to one another would never even know remember i i said this I say this to people, and they're like, "Wow, you must be old." I'm like, "I'm not that old, man. This is crazy. Uh, how how fast the world has changed. Is that it used to not be a thing to discuss who you voted for. Now it is oh, turned into a, a form of virtue signaling. It was it's like, wonderful. I'll vote for this, vote for that. People have figured out there's money in discussing this, and it, it's 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 unfortunate. It's it's a poor reflection of our society, and it's not sustainable. Uh, I, I understood that politics made people divisive and and caustic towards one another before it's gotten no better and and this this is what people don't understand when they when they come at me about my stance on this thing because I don't I don't pay attention I don't vote it's not i I, I just can't invest the energy into mm-hmm. what I believe is a sham like but that's a different sure uh discussion but people think uh, for example, when I mention that, people go, "Everyone who doesn't vote, it's a vote for Trump." And I'm like, "See, this is your problem. Your problem is you assume that if I vote, I would vote like you, and that is my. That I hate that, mm-hmm. right? And that means that you're form of labeling. Yeah, your your world is so small mm-hmm. that you think either that you think the only way the person wins, or or the person you don't like wins, is if is if someone doesn't vote. You never can... And I almost... Because I've gotten really good at just not feeding any of the the monsters on social media. Uh, and, and the big monster being politics. I don't, I don't feed it because I'm not interested in having that discussion right. anymore. Uh, but I almost commented on someone who said this the other day. They were like, you know, everyone who doesn't vote is a vote for Trump. And I'm like, how arrogant. Like, to believe that either... You were gonna not either. You were gonna vote for the other person, your your candidate, mm-hmm. or you're not gonna vote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like and that and and to, a, to back to the point we were making. That's one of the reasons why I think they were surprised in the last election, and why they're gonna be doubly surprised. This one is because they have not f- taken the time to understand their opponent. And their opponent's position and how their opponent feels, and they have no concept of the fight. The term is not even a fight. It's either you vote for me, my guy, my or you're not voting, and that's the other like, vote for the other person. Like, 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 think about that. Like, could you imagine? Hey, here's how the losing that'd be like me going into a boxing match, and saying every punch I don't throw is a win for the other guy. And that's just not how a fight works.
0: <laughs> that's not right? how any exchange. That's not how any combat works.
1: Yeah, but and, and that's what it is. You, you're in a unfortunately, it's a, it's a combat situation. You know, every every shot fired is is right. is, is a bullet for the other guy. Like, right. no man, like that's not that that is not how it. That is not a sensible way to look at the issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but I've I've given up trying to make sense of these things with people because because it never it never goes well because it's not
0: when I was a kid Ed you, you I know you can appreciate this I was a kid my parents were very um, I won't say non-political I had a Republican father and a Democratic mother but you would really kind of never know because it was never discussed
1: right you didn't you didn't discuss politics right. you didn't discuss religion
0: and, and, and I and, went to it but I went to a democratic fundraiser in this town a couple blocks down from where we are when I was probably 10 and it was amazing amazing to me people were extremely nice but it was also amazing to me that he, oh my gosh there are actual people that will talk about like who they're going to vote for right they're going to wear a button on their on their for Jimmy Carter like this is really different my dad's not walking around with the Gerald Ford button but that's you know and my mom doesn't have a button on but i it was an it was an anomaly the point was it was an anomaly to me as a child that there were people that would go into the public and either talk about a candidate, or heaven forbid, wear a piece of signage who mm-hmm. they voted for, because that was not done. And boy, did society run a Chris, little nicer then.
1: Chris Rock has a great joke about this. It's either Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle. I got to remember who said it, because but um, where he's like, you know, he goes, you know, one thing. There's one thing uh, white people don't talk about is who they're gonna vote. You know, you be hanging out in the office, and he's like, "Yeah, so so let's get back. To tell me who you're voting for." He's like, "Oh, hold on, hold on, who? Uh, I know we were just talking about uh, some close stuff, like that's too far. Now let's get back. Now let's get back to talking about how the gang bang I was having my wife this week. So, like, like, and, and the the joke was that." It, it used to be that. Imagine that joke holding up today, would not it? Ugh.
0: No, everybody. All they, everybody wants. That's the first thing people want to. Uh, it, it's a litmus, an unnecessary and unsavory litmus test when you meet new people. This is what I have found. That I'm, I'm imposed a litmus test by these people. Generally, maybe not the first sentence out of the conversation, but through the conversation, they're looking for what way you're leaning, or who they'll actually come out and ask you. Or they'll say something like, "Well, I'm going to a Trump, uh, I'm going to go to a Trump, uh, you know, rally this weekend with my friends," and just they'll, they'll inject it somewhere in the yeah. conversation where, like, why, who lives like that? Because I don't live that way. I don't hey, care enough. I Don't care you know, enough.
1: A good friend of mine said it best. He goes, "People don't have personalities anymore. They have political ideologies."
0: Or they think they do because I'm yeah. convinced half of these jack wagons don't even understand why they're going for a particular candidate. I believe that. I, 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 oh, for
1: sure. Ah, yep. One hundred percent. It's just like everyone. Else, everyone else says I should do it, so it makes it, it makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah,
0: it's 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 really. Uh, it's funny when I became an adult legally, twenty one, my early twenties. I used to think <laughs> that the thing called peer pressure. I was so naive to believe at the time, but I actually believed that peer pressure was the term used why us teenagers would end up smoking weed because we would <laughs> or go drinking behind the church. You know, that's peer pressure would do that to you. I didn't realize that that concept of peer pressure is even more exasperated in adults and in this social media fifteen year period. Peer pressure is almost wielding an ungodly amount of power with the susceptible. Yeah, would you
1: agree? I 100% agree. It is. It's not even a question of how, because it's it's easier. I mean, once again, it's just easier to go. Okay, everyone else says this. Let me make my decision based on what everyone else says. It's a lazy, everyone intellectually else feels lazy. this way. Let me make sure I feel this way. You know, no mm. one wants to dig into the the facts and the ideas about anything. So, so I have personally. Uh, decided in terms of keeping my sanity clear, you know, I, I don't bring these type of stuff. People know don't bring them up around me. I just, I look at them like, I, you know I don't know that, man. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you asking me? Mm-hmm. Like, so it <laughs> makes my life easier, you know. Oh, and, and best case scenario, you know, someone absolutely. someone decides that they really need to have that conversation. And I'm just like, Well,
0: we know we stand. <laughs> That's exactly right. So. it's exactly right. But, but But I guess my question is why, why are we as a people so compelled to? I get the sports thing because you love sports, you and you may associate with a player. You know, you can't tell me if you love um, you love baseball and, and you know there's a couple of famous Yankee players. I can understand the connection there. Maybe your dad was yeah. a Yankees fan. I get all of that, but but to like fall in love with a candidate.
1: Is odd
0: it's me, bizarre it's, it's it's really bizarre to, to me uh, you know it, it and, and of course maybe you're voting this way because your dad or your mother did I kind of get that you were indoctrinated that way some people god love them are indoctrinated to be Yankees fans I don't know why but they are the point the point is I understand it and I can give people a pass on the sports thing I can man it, it's 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 a <laughs> recreation thing but why does that model somehow is acceptable now to be thrown in the political ring and has been for decades i don't understand like how are we benefiting society that way it's uh, not sports it's not a sport man
1: and people treat it that way uh that's just how i think what happens others uh, the, you you pit two people against one another or two parties two ideas and it just turns into this ugly thing, and on top of that, you got to remember, you know, what bleeds—if uh, it bleeds, it leads. So there's a lot of money to be, I mean, there's a lot of money. I mean, people. What would what the news networks do if we weren't so fired up about politics?
0: Mm. Well, <laughs> you know? well, they've turned it into entertainment.
1: Yeah. So, so there is just, there's just uh, so much there that it really it pays to keep us agitated. It pays to keep us. Uh, on our feet, it pays to keep us just not united. There's a lot of money mm-hmm. keeping us not united, mm-hmm. um, and and they're gonna do their best to do that. So I I think, and 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 I don't think it's that insidious. I don't think there's you know there's there's a board of twelve guys and like yeah. cloaks sitting around. Going, how, <laughs> how how can we break up the American people today? It's not conspiratorial. Right. I ju- I just think it's following natural principles that's all yeah. and, and unfortunately without a, some type of check in place yeah. or some type of discipline we will degrade to our to our worst form okay. when presented with those incentives which is what we do
0: let's wrap this up today with, on this last uh, topic here uh, stoicism or philosophy in general uh, your mantra is, is it Street smart stoicism, stoic street smarts, stoic stoic street smart. So, uh, I'm an amateur at this stuff. So, bear with me. You'll probably <laughs> laugh, but I, I last year or two, I really dived into Marcus Aurelius, I dived into Epictetus, the the, the, the Stoics, and it's helped me in the in regards to b- cutting all the bullshit to get to the essence. Because in reality, it's pretty simple. It really is a, it's a breaking down of a more simple way to maneuver your life. That's what I get out of it. But it requires a lot of self-discipline and it requires a lot of self-examination, which is not always comfortable. Yeah. And do you find it... Did you, will you echo? Do you do you echo those sentiments in regards to stoicism? And it, did it come natural for you based upon your own temperament? Did you find yourself just naturally appealed to stoicism because how you're wired, or is it something you had to work on?
1: I think uh, absolutely how I'm, I'm wired, um, and that's great. I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have a relatively even temper. And I'm a big fan of self-reflection. And, you know, you get involved with the right things. You you tend to learn the value of self-correction. And stoicism lends itself very well to developing the ability to see what's wrong and then correct for it without someone kind of jumping in or without society having to get involved and go, hey, uh, that's wrong. And then you got to deal with that response. So, or, or deal with the penalties, you know, that come with being being ousted or being caught or, or having something wrong uh, go on under your watch. So, I think for me, it it's always made sense. It's always been a smart survival mechanism to be very calm, non-reactive, and and i'm like okay well, what do i do with this and it makes sense now i'm in a position to kind of look at a situation figure out the best move to make figure out a take on it that gives me that gives me some power you know a lot of it is the stoicism is this really interesting way of empowerment it's it's looking at your your situation and going okay i can do nothing about this what what can i do something about my mind how i perceive it what i can do what i can you know and then when you change that you tend to see problems used to uh, well well, you, you tend to see problems as less severe and more solutions make themselves available because now you're not looking at it as this thing that is overwhelming And you're not focused on what you have no control over, which is a situation. You're focused on what you do have control over, uh, your mindset, and how you look at everything going on. Mm
0: -hmm. One of the things that popped out immediately, I think it was a book by Ryan Holiday I might have read, or it could have been um, a biography of Epictetus, I can't remember, but it was a couple years ago. And they brought up the concept of indifference. And it was something that I don't think I was ever really exposed to. Is uh, I don't think I was ever taught that as a child by my parents. It certainly wasn't anything that was shown to me in, in uh, public school in that if I didn't have an opinion on something and I wasn't interested in that, I wasn't required to have an opinion. Right. And, wow, is that, uh, no, I think social media as a whole tends to try to disrupt that mantra in society. But if you're strong enough to make that decision and understand it, it's really... I found that very, very empowering that I don't have to have an opinion on things I'm not interested in or things I I recognize that I am not... I don't know enough to have an opinion. So why why pretend or why offer one up? My life got so much easier. It did remarkably easier in my interactions with people when I just... Cognitively realized, Ed, that I just either don't care, not informed enough, and I'm just not going to state an opinion because I don't have one. Right. Wow, that's liberating.
1: And it's you know I think people feel like they need to have something to say, and I look at it from the complete opposite. I go, well, how many things can I get away with not thinking about? Because you know. I think, I think there's a bit of uh, ego and perception attached to this. It's like, okay, I want to be seen as someone worldly, uh, up to date, and a thinker. And, and what you come to realize is you start focusing on what you can control. You start realizing all that stuff is, is not only overrated... But it's a really big distraction. Like, I mean, I could not be beyond what I read in BBC Mundo or whatever comes up on my trending. I don't know what's going on in the world. Like, I don't know what's going on in the world. world, And I have no problem admitting that. In fact, I am proud of it because that means I'm using my time wisely, I'm using it on things I can't control. I, I, I actually said something to this effect yesterday on Twitter. I said, uh, you know, don't worry about the direction the country is going for better or worse. Just focus on, you know, getting a location-independent source of income, a job or a skill, learning a few languages or two, and scoping out a country you wouldn't mind living in if you have to leave. And some guy was like, he got, he got, mad. I was like, unfollowed. We should be working on, on figuring out how to correct these things and deal with, you know, deal with the problems. And I'm like, look, man. I spend my energy on what I can control. I got a finite amount of energy, got a finite amount of years. I'm going to worry about what I can control, what I can do something about. And what I can do something about, I can do something about um, how much freedom I have. I can make sure that I am not subject to uh, certain problems and to be able to get away from them, circumvent them, move around them. I can control my health. I can control my mind. Those are the things I worry about building those up, and then from there I I gradually extend what I have some influence over, which is you know where I live, who I see, who I spend my time around, and all of these are great as a recipe for building a great life. If I spend my energy focused on things that I'm not, I can't do anything about. uh, That is. That that never makes me like like I don't when is being well informed. There's there's one person, or there are a few people who I, who I know are benefiting from uh, being well informed and up to date, and they are all involved in like finances and trading because yeah, right. it pays to know everything going on. Right. But for most of us, you don't get a benefit from it. it it's yeah. it's it's a false friend. It's one of those things that people say to feel smart. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you gotta be up to date. I'm like, oh no, I don't. Like, like nah, but not not like talk to me about how there, there's an episode of uh Sherlock. I'm a big fan of the show, and Sherlock is like, I guess they discovered it like he doesn't know like something about the planets or stars, and he's like, how do you and and Watson's like, how do you not know that? He's like, tell me how it's relevant that I know. Like about the planets, like how does that help me solve, uh, and and, and <laughs> something like that, and 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 the whole point is like, yeah, we think like when you really think about it, how much of this stuff is just trivia or just distraction, most of it.
0: Most of our world, I think, is distraction. We've now gotten used to it.
1: Yeah, and and you know, I'm always trying to make sure that I pay attention to what matters, right. because I know that I mean, I know one day I won't be able to. Uh, Mm -hmm. or to be gone or for whatever reason and I'm just like you know I'm not going to waste my time on things that that don't matter to my to my happiness in my life I'm not saying they aren't important for somebody in the world but for me Mm -hmm. no I focus on what I can control and that will give me the power to actually make a difference, to make some type of to affect affect some type of change. What do they say? You got to be selfish before you can be generous. Right. That kind of deal. I, I got to right. be selfish with my time before I can be generous with it. If your cause is that, and if your cause is that important, you will have been putting enough energy into it beforehand. I mean, that's another great way to kind of determine how important something is. Are you willing to put some skin in the game? You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, if you're not if you're not willing to go put put some real investment in it. It's probably a distraction. Like,
0: agreed. Totally agree, <laughs> my friend. This was great. I can't thank you enough.
1: Hey, thank you again I, I, for having me, man. I, I really, uh, I'm, I'm happy to come down and chat.
0: Well, I like to do it on a regular basis. Obviously, your schedule is such, but when you can carve out a little bit of time for me, I'd love to have you as a regular guest here.
1: Awesome. Well, the thank shows you very awesome. much, man. <laughs> all right, and they
0: can reach you. It's EdLattimore.com. That's the yeah, portal, right?
1: EdLattimore.com, and I'm Ed Lattimore everywhere on the internet. You'll be able to find me at, like everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, my website, all Ed Lattimore. That's my handle.
0: That's him. And if you're not uh, you finding Ed, you're not looking hard enough. You're not even putting in the effort. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> sometimes
1: stuff finds me. I, I got, I Somebody sent me a screenshot the other day. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And and turns out there's this app. On an iPhone, yeah, and on the iPhone, and and it it gives you a random motivational quote each day. And they they took one of my quotes and and gave me credit and everything. That's and I was, so I was awesome! Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. And
0: before before uh, we leave, too, one of the uh, one of the podcasters, but he's so much more than that, James Altucher, uh, is you just completed your show with James, right? And we that's just, coming. We soon? just
1: did it on the twelfth. He said he said he had a few people to to get in, and I think. He said it would be up in like two weeks. So Amazing. What, 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 well, actually, that's, if, if that's true, I guess it'll be up sometime this week.
0: That's good stuff. That's good yeah. stuff. Congratulations, Ed. Congratulations on all your success. It's much deserved. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, friends. We are out.